In today's show, I'm going to be breaking down the latest technical analysis and quoting Adam Back. He made a big bet that Bitcoin reaches or exceeds $100,000 per coin between now and the halving, which is scheduled to be less than nine months out. We'll be discussing this as well as one catalyst, which can trigger Ethereum to plunge 50% plus against Bitcoin's as top crypto analysts. We'll also be discussing breaking news of Tether and Bitfinex class action lawsuit thrown out by the judge. This could be a big win for crypto as well as U.S. Ethereum futures ETF has a 75% chance of approval this year in 2023 after a recent flood of applications analyst estimate will also be discussing the factors that can lead to another massive bitcoin rally according to arc invest as well as breaking news kennedy jr sues google for censoring political speech on youtube which is a big topic for the day we'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market all this plus so much more in today's show Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my Rumble channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. And welcome all just tuning in. This is pod episode number 1362. Welcome, y'all. What is popping? What is new? Happy weekend. Another stat, stat stack and Saturday for you. Let's kick off today's show, checking out our market watch. As you can see here in your screen, we got Bitcoin back in the green, trading just above 29,000, which is a good sign to see us holding this critical support. As many analysts are predicting, if 29 doesn't hold, we can drop all the way down to 25. We also have Ether back in the green, trading back above $1,800. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, the current crypto market cap, since that 1.16 trillion with about 22 billion in volume in the past 24 hours, we got the Bitcoin dominance at 48. 6% with the Ether dominance at 19% even. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week, Shiba Inu <laughs> leading the pack, pun intended, up 17%, followed by Gala up almost 6%, trading at 2.3 cents, followed by DYDX up almost 5%, trading at $2.05. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week, we have Shib also leading this pack up almost uh, 17% and Gala up 5%, but many of them are in the red and pretty, you know, stagnant losses for the altcoin market. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, we're currently rated a 50, which is neutral. Yesterday was a 54, last week a 52, and last month a 56 and greed. So there you have it. How many of you took advantage of this recent dip with Bitcoin price being able to stack stats at 29,000? Let me know in the comments. Appreciate all the feedback in the live chat, loud and clear on the PC. That's what's up. Much love <laughs> and much respect. And at the end of the show, as we do on every episode, we'll be doing the live Q&A and I'll be reading everyone's comments out loud. Now for our Bitcoin technical analysis. Another day, another failure for Bitcoin to break away from its current range around 29 Gs. They say there's never a dull moment in crypto, but if you're mostly following the performance of large cap coins throughout the past week, you can probably see that this is a bit of an overstatement. Bitcoin's price is completely flatlined throughout the last few days and the past 24 hours have made an absolute 
no exception as seen here in this chart. Bitcoin made an attempt to push above 29,003, but was quickly reminded that it's not its place and retraced back to where it's trading for the past week, which is at that 29 thousand dollar level now for some recent interesting tweets from adam back who i have a lot of respect for he just made a big bet he said the bet is on i bet bitcoin reaches or exceeds a hundred thousand dollars per coin between now and the halving he says march 31st 2024 and he bet this person viking o bitcoin nine one million sats to the winner and checking out some of his other recent tweets that he shared here he says i'm okay with the hundred thousand probably sooner than the halving in april of 2024 through in my view and you know what's up what's pretty cool is he put his money where his mouth is so he's ultimately saying so greater than a hundred thousand by march 31st 2024 midnight zulu or you win so good stuff. Massive shout out to Adam Back. Do you think he'll be right with his uh, prediction? Let me know your thoughts. He also notes that, by the way, um, I guess this is going to be block 840,000. Otherwise, the date is estimated. Seems a bit more auspicious to the relevant date. So getting the finite details all sorted out there. But I also agree that Bitcoin is likely to hit that six-figure target around that time of the halving. I'd love to see that, uh, especially considering it's after the halving, typically the year preceding the halving, which would be in 2025 when we hit that cycle peak, which gives us a lot of room you know, for growth. And we can potentially hit a massive unexpected top. Imagine two, 300,000 as a cycle peak in 2025. Would that light up your your year? Let me know. And how would that change your life? Welcome those just tuning in. Now let's discuss Bitcoin versus Ethereum. According to some of these charts, which is quite interesting, how many of you are more bullish right now on the price performance of Bitcoin versus Ethereum? Let me know in the live chat and vice versa. How many of you think that Ethereum is likely to outpace Bitcoin this cycle? Let me know your honest thoughts. And now, Let's uh, break this down, shall we? Bitcoin versus Ether. Wiley followed crypto analyst Benjamin Cohen says that one event can cause Ethereum to plummet relative to BTC. In a new interview with the crypto banter host, Cohen says that ETH slash Bitcoin pair can drop by more than 50% from its current value of 0.063 BTC worth 1828 bucks. Cohen believes that ETH slash BTC is likely printing a bearish double top pattern on the monthly chart, suggesting that hodlers are using any rally to trade their ETH into BTC. Now, for me, I capitulated quite a while back because I foreseen this coming. What are your thoughts? Quoting him here. To me, this just looks like a massive distribution phase on the Ether Bitcoin pair, not unlike what we saw last cycle, where you just get a massive distribution phase and you will get your initial pump up. You sell it off and then you go into your distribution phase. And I think that this is where we are right now, where there is a good chance here that the Ether Bitcoin pair is going to break to the downside, as outlined right here in this chart. Now, he highlights that historically, the ETH-Bitcoin pair generally declines during the months of June through December, and he predicts a decline to as low as 0.03 BTC, which would mean an Ethereum price of 871 bucks, and over 52% decrease from the current value, quoting him again. So what I would think is going to happen is that ETH slash Bitcoin could plummet to around that 0.03 BTC to 0.04 BTC level, and once the 
the Ethereum Bitcoin valuation gets there. I think it could mark the end of the altcoin reckoning. How many of you agree and disagree? And according to Cohen, the catalyst for the 52% ETH Bitcoin decline could be the stock market retracement, quitting him again. Remember, in late 2017, the Ether Bitcoin pair dropped right here at 0.022 BTC. But then it was the second drop to that level in 2018 that marked the end of a lot of the altcoin reckoning. And I think that we had that initial drop, but we still probably need to have a secondary drop to that level of 0.049 BTC. And even from there, it could drop and then maybe roll over and then we'll try to find the bottom. But I still think that is the most likely outcome here. And I think the reason that it could happen is because of a potential seasonal correction in the S&P 500. Now, could you imagine that ETH dropping another 50% versus Bitcoin and Bitcoin massively outpacing the second largest altcoin by market cap Ethereum? Let me know your honest thoughts uh, in the comments right down below and we shall see how this goes. Yeah. And welcome those just tuning in. Welcome. Appreciate the love. <laughs> Good comments there. Keep them coming. I appreciate it. Yeah. Now let's discuss the latest uh, lawsuit versus Tether and Bitfinex, which got thrown out by the judge, which is definitely a good indicator for the entire crypto industry and uh, great news I love to hear. Let's break it down. Tether just announced a key victory in the continuing legal conflict, marking a crucial legal milestone. The company reported that the court had officially dismissed the class action lawsuit involving its extensively utilized USDT stablecoin. This development indicates a favorable turn of events for Tether and emphasizes the firm's dedication to maintaining its leadership in the crypto sector. And according to the stablecoin issuer, the U.S. District Court of the Southern District of New York, Judge Taylor, invalidated a class action lawsuit that Matthew Anderson and Sean Dolafka brought against Tether and Bitfinex due to a lack of plausible allegations of injury. Now, a lack of plausible allegations of injury describes a case in which there is not enough believable testimony or evidence to support the assertion that a person has suffered harm due to a particular event or action looks like they're just trying to get a come up. Now, suppose a plaintiff's claims of suffering damage are not reasonable by the court. In that case, it may impact the viability of a case since they lack persuasive evidence and fail to demonstrate that they have genuinely incurred any adverse effects. And following the legal triumph detailed in the six-page judgment, Tether and Bitfinex reaffirmed their commitment to upholding the interests of their users of the community. The company executives also affirmed their dedication to keeping their word and protecting the company. Customers, and we have seen Tether USDT making massive moves uh, this year. Here's what they had to share on their blog. The entirety of the class action complaint being dismissed at this very, very early stage of the proceedings punctuates the fact the plaintiff's claims were void of legal merit makes a good point. The plaintiffs failed to mention any price changes in the USDT that would have impacted the value of their investment in their initial filing. Now, later, Tether maintained that the plaintiffs needed to demonstrate a decline in the value of USDT to prove their case. A case based on USDT's value does not appear plausible given that despite slight fluctuations, the stablecoin has maintained chiefly its $1 price peg. And let's not forget that the market cap has been rising like a mofo in comparison to USDT, issued by Circle, which has been on the decline. So please do keep that in mind. And quoting them here, it's a good Friday. Tether and Bitfinex wins comprehensive legal victory as U.S. District Court dismisses the class action lawsuit. The court correctly held the plaintiff's complaint lacked any plausible allegations of injury because it includes no facts showing that. That is good. Now, the victory, the triumphant victory for Tether, the 11th largest Bitcoin hodler in the world, comes just after the company announced a net profit of $850 million for the second quarter. And Paolo, the chief company's technical officer, revealed the information and emphasized its importance as 
it's a Good Friday event for Tether and Bitfinex. So take that forces of evil. So there you have it. What is your favorite stable coin? If you had to choose one for me, I would go with Tether USDT. I trust them the most because they're pro Bitcoin and now they're adding Bitcoin to their strategic reserves. I can't say the same about Circle and USDC because you can tell they're anti-Bitcoin just from the CEO's own speeches, kind of in that same category as Scam Bankman Freed, if you're to ask me, but that's a topic for another day. Now let's discuss the latest with this Ethereum ETF, which is actually quite interesting, but it's not a spot ETF, it's a futures ETF, keep that in mind. Now, a pair of Bloomberg ETF analysts think there is a 75% chance that an Ethereum futures ETF gets approved in the United States this year. Now, James Safart and Eric Balchunas say the odds of approval spiked amid the flood of Ethereum future ETF app submissions to the US SEC. Quoting them here, the odds of Ethereum futures ETFs hitting exchanges this year have risen drastically to 75% in our view. After a spurt of 12 apps to the SEC in the recent days, the SEC appears to be changing its posture towards crypto based on reports of its back-channel messaging to ETF issuers. Also, we believe that the SEC would have a hard time in court defending the denial of Ethereum futures ETFs after approval standard and leverage Bitcoin futures ETFs. I mean, charts don't lie. You can see them all right here. We got volatility shares, Bitwise, Round Hill, Van Eck, and the list goes on and on. Now, Balchunas predicts that the SEC will approve the Ethereum futures ETF in October, which is right around the corner, right? Is that next month? Uh, let's see, August, September, two more months, two years after the approval of the first Bitcoin futures ETF, and no US Bitcoin spot ETF apps have been greenlit thus far, though the crypto world eagerly awaits the SEC's decision on a June application from BlackRock, as we know as the world's largest asset manager. Now, a spot Bitcoin ETF would give investors exposure to the crypto asset through a brokerage firm, much like commodities such as gold. So there you freaking have it. This is obviously a pretty big deal. If a Bitcoin ETF spot that is in the United States gets approved, there's literally over $30 trillion just awaiting to be ushered in to the King Crypto, which will most likely drive up the price. And many analysts are predicting there's a pretty solid shot of this being approved before the halving. In fact, uh, the track record of BlackRock uh, with SEC approvals on ETFs is 575 to one. So it's like above a 99% chance. And the Ethereum futures, I don't look at it the same. I don't think it's that much of a big deal in comparison, obviously, to a Bitcoin spot ETF, but it is what it is. I'll keep you posted on the latest as uh, developments continue. And with that being shared, now let's discuss the latest regarding ARK Invest and their massive Ethereum price prediction, which always gets me excited. As we all know, they predict a $1.48 million Bitcoin by the year 2030. But here's what they say for the upcoming events of what's going on. Now, here's some positives. Uh, Pure highlights how Bitcoin tepid 90-day volatility share similarities with the 2017 levels. And according to their report, this prolonged low volatility usually represents the calm before the storm, with Pure speculating that a significant price movement will likely happen soon. However, whether it will be a breakout or a breakdown currently remains uncertain. There is a cause for optimism, though, as the decrease in hash rate on the blockchain provides an optimistic signal. The decrease could signify oversold conditions, whereby Bitcoin is currently trading below its actual worth. And considering that it has traded at an undervalued price for a very long time now, we can see an upward trend, which would signify a price reversal. And additionally, there has been an increase in liveliness as selling pressure reduced and more hodlers are choosing to hodl. Where my long-term hodlers at? Make some noise. 
The report states that the liveliness fell below 60% back in July, the lowest selling pressure since the fourth quarter of 2020. The short-term hodlers profit loss ratio also coincides with historical trend reversals, signifying that a breakout is most likely to occur, quoting the report right here. Again, this is coming directly from ARK Invest. This break-even level correlates both with local bottoms during primary bull markets and with local tops during the bear market environments. Meanwhile, the Fed continued height rakes, as been known for the macro factor on Bitcoin and the crypto market. The Pure Multiple believes that the Fed's actions could significantly, uh, significantly impact Bitcoin's performance and the economy as a whole. The potential slowdown in CPI inflation could see a surge in the Bitcoin appeal as a non-inflammatory asset. Now, the United States SEC... Uh, filed a lawsuit against Binance, as we all know, for trading unregistered securities, amongst other allegations against CZ, obviously a big attack. This ongoing legal tussle could affect the Bitcoin performance of the crypto market, something we have to keep in mind. And according to the report, Binance's BNB token ensures stability in the crypto market by providing significant liquidity for other cryptos, including Bitcoin. And if sentiment begins to tilt in favor of the SEC and Department of Justice, it can trigger a bank run, which would see BNB's price plummet, causing a domino effect of the crypto market. And while historical trends signify a bullish trajectory for the Bitcoin price action, the token might be mared with macro, macroeconomic forces and regulatory concerns. It is believed that Bitcoin breaching the resistance level of 69,450 can shape its future outlook. So do you think Bitcoin is likely to rise above this? We're only a few hundred dollars below, just FYI. It seems we've been having an ongoing struggle really to break through 30,000 because every time we do it, we drop back down. Now it's a key psychological level, obviously. So do keep that in mind. But if we can like get above 32, which is the current high for 2023, in my humble opinion, we can hit a God candle, which I define as $10,000 or more on the daily chart, which can take us back above 40,000. Let me know if you're optimistic. Do you feel that 40,000 is still realistic this year in 2023? Also considering there's a halving around the corner next year, now less than nine months out. Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. Uh, some feedback here appear to be smooth as silk. I appreciate that. So the stream is good. The new biz rate settings will keep it moving and keep it pumping. Now for our featured story of the day, which is YouTube censorship. I was very excited to see that Kennedy Jr. is suing Google, who is the, obviously the parent company of YouTube for censoring his speech. So let's break this down because naturally, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that YouTube censorship has been outrageous, especially as of recently attacking Bitcoin and Bitcoin content creators such as myself. I got deplatformed on July 31st for allegedly violating their policy for harmful and danger their harmful and dangerous policy, which we all know is a bunch of BS. And when I asked them, can you please show me an example of a video in violation of your policy? They ghosted me and they never even responded. I wonder why, because obviously I didn't violate any of this policy and it's a direct attack by the powers that be, if you're to ask me. And so obviously it's not just occurring to me. We know Max Kaiser from the Kaiser Report got his channel terminated, all of the episodes of the Kaiser Report, including the very first coverage of Bitcoin on television, which was Max and Stacy, you know, over a decade ago, back when it was only a dollar. They said, this is the future. This is the biggest story of the decade. But now all of their videos are gone, just as mine are. They lost roughly 1,800 episodes. I lost 
roughly 1,800 videos, and the attack continues. So let's uh, break this down. First and foremost, here's the tweet that got me excited. Robert Kennedy Jr., who is running for president in 2024, he's pro-Bitcoin and anti-CBDC. So very similarity, uh, similar to some of my beliefs. I'm obviously anti-CBDC. I preach this every episode. Maybe that's why they banned me and terminated my account. Who knows? Uh, anyways, he shared, I am suing Google for censoring me on YouTube. Hashtag Kennedy 2024. Let's go. And now for the story, let's break this down, this article. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., a candidate for the Democratic Party presidential nomination, Wednesday filed a complaint in the U.S. District Court, Northern District of California, against Google LLC and its wholly owned subsidiary, which is YouTube LLC. Kennedy alleges that Google worked with the federal government, facts, to develop and enforce misinformation policies, facts, to censor the government's political opponents, including Kennedy, who is running against President Biden at the Democratic uh, primary. Such actions violate the First Amendment, freedom of speech, as here they result from public-private partnership that relies on government sources. YouTube has become an important platform for political disclosure in America, a digital town square that voters trust as a place to get their news and opinions about the issues of the day, a place where people can communicate about matters of public concern. And nonetheless, Google has censored countless Americans for views that run counter to the narratives of the U.S. government. Kennedy is just the most high-profile victim of this censorship campaign. This degree of censorship of a major presidential candidate is unprecedented in American history. The suit alleges Google engaged in the censorship under the the uh, direction of the federal officials in an environment of political coercion. Quoting them here, the government cannot censor its critics, said Scott Street of J.W. Howard Attorneys, the attorney who is leading the litigation. It cannot do so directly, and it cannot do so by empowering private entities like Google to act as a censor. That principle is fundamental to American democracy, especially when it involves political speech. That is what this case is about. It's about preserving voters' freedom to speak, to hear, and to think. For themselves. Now, Kennedy has spoken at length about subjects like toxic chemicals, COVID origins, and safety concerns about COVID-19 shots and other vaxes. Now, Google has justified removing videos that discuss such topics from YouTube by claiming they contain medical misinformation. However, much of the material contained in the videos it removed during the 2024 presidential campaign had nothing to do with public health issues. That's right. And in one instance, Google removed a video of speech given by Kennedy at the New York Hampshire Institute of Politics, uh, the state that hosts America's first primary, his speech, which was viewed as a political speech and attended by several prominent New Hampshire Democrats, included the chairman of New Hampshire's Democratic Party, centered on Kennedy's concerns about the corrupt merger of corporate and state power, an issue he has fought for for decades. These actions run counter to a long-held American belief in free speech. The U.S. Supreme Court has held the right to think in the beginning of freedom, and that speech must be protected from government because speech is the beginning thought. Now, Kennedy is seeking an injunction at, to prohibit Google from relying on its misinformation policies to censor him during the presidential campaign. The case is assigned to Judge Nathaniel Cousins. So there you freaking have it. What are your thoughts on this attack versus Kennedy Jr. and the censorship which has been ongoing from YouTube? Let me know your honest thoughts uh, in the comments right down below. Now, obviously, uh, uh, Kennedy Jr. was a keynote speaker at the recent uh, Bitcoin Miami conference, which is the biggest one of the year. And he went on to talk about how important Bitcoin is and that he is anti-central bank digital currencies. You talk about being anti-censorship. 
and free choice. I mean, he's against the government mandating vaccines. I believe this as well. I don't think the government should have the power to tell you what to inject into your bloodstream. I think that is the biggest evil of them all. And combine that with CBDCs, and it seems that the government's plan is very clear, which is to enslave the population. And Bitcoin is the antidote to that. And I think this message personally got me terminated from YouTube. But what are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments right down below. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. Hoddle.